They came from across North America. They meet here each week in the basement of an abandoned comic book shop to talk comics. Covering all the news and info you need to the latest reviews and even books to stay away from. Join your hosts, Infinite Speech, the comic book clergyman, and the Spider-Man geek. Every week here on Tales from the Water. This week's Tales from the Water Cooler. Water Cooler. Episode number 250. 50. Giant size, foil stamped, extravaganza. Die cut. Probably pegged. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Trading card attached. Embossed. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. And there's a special code on the inside if you cut it out on the page, mail it in, something will be sent back to you. Yeah, there you go. With us, this week, with us this week we have... Infinite Speech. Spider-Man Geek. And the comic book clergyman. The three are back for this very special anniversary edition issue episode of The Water Cooler. Well, it's been 250 episodes, guys. That is a long time. That is a lot of hours. I'm finally getting chest hair. It would be like the equivalent of like spending the, the like a long one long period of time like like three weeks together <laughs> in one room with no sleep. Oh my god! I, I don't actually know the math there, but, but well, 250, right? Yeah, uh, there there's 24 hours in a day, so that's uh, a little over 10 days. There you go. Well, say I was. Well, I said three weeks. Okay, I'm a little. Off. <laughs> well, I think you also factored in bathroom breaks, some snacks, and the number of times that your calls dropped on us. Ouch! Just <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the show there, Joe. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, or the number of times that we were where we recorded an episode and then we had to scrap the episode because of uh, something. Uh, you know? So it's. I, I would round it up. I would definitely round it up. You know, mm. yeah. So I'm gonna go in my corner and sit for the rest of the uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna fanboy pout. Hey, hey, hey! I, I remember in the early days. Do you remember uh, when um, my internet was wouldn't work at my house, and so you I had, had to, to drive. I had to, I had to run over to the church. <laughs> yeah. The street. So I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Luckily, technology has has progressed over these past. Uh, yeah. Like we've been doing it for like eight years. Eight, eight. Technology six, has seven, progressed. Seven Time Warner sucks. <laughs> well, there's Aaron that. used to go to Starbucks to. That's right. That's right. We could always hear the uh, barista in the background, right? So, uh, those were the horrible old days. All right. Well, um, well, what's going on, guys? Give me some updates. I'm I'm pouting. Because <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We'll move move on. Let's, to, let's move on to Dan then. 
Well, uh, I did get excited because it's 100 days until New York Comic Con. Yay! All right. Well, so the countdown begins. There you go. That's cool. Well, Dan, how about you? Um. Uh, did, did you see X Men Apocalypse? Not yet. Did you listen to my review of it last week? <laughs> I did. Okay. <laughs> and you still you're and, still contemplating going to see that that well garbage. Maybe I don't know. Eventually, I will see it. Yeah, you, yeah. you're just gonna wait at home. You're, you're gonna wait at home. Just don't pay yeah, money maybe. for it. Just don't pay money for it. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> just don't pay money for it. So. Oh, good lord. Yeah. That was from the water cooler. Does not in any way <laughs> stealing. No, no, no. I, I didn't say steal it. I said just like. Like maybe like uh, maybe somebody will have a copy of it and you can either borrow it from them or you can go over and watch it with them at their house. That's a good way to watch it without without That's paying right. for it, right? So there you go. Yeah, not all the way like that. Or when it's when it's on, uh, you know, in a couple of years when it's on FX or something, <laughs> you can you can watch it then, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it'll be on like HBO or Showtime by the end of the year, probably. Yeah, probably. Very, very probably. Um, yeah. Well, good, good. Um, well, I have uh, I have introduced my my children to Doctor Who, and now Ooh. we're now we're on the now we're on a roll. Like we Mark are. Doctor Who. No, 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 not Doctor Strange. Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I thought we were talking comics. Uh, so, which which doctor are you starting them off with? Uh, well, we've watched a couple of random episodes just to kind of give them a flavor of things. But they wanted <laughs> I asked them what they wanted to do after having watched a, a few different doctors, and they said they wanted to start with David Tennant. So, uh, so yeah, so we're we're starting there, and we'll we'll go through and. But yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this for this time for them to all be uh, excited. <laughs> for it. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's what's going on in the in the Jackson household. Was there like an initiation process to see who was ready? Um. Well, well, there was. I mean, we watched um, Blink was the very first episode that we watched, and if they could really? make it, yeah. If, they, <laughs> if you can make it, if they could make it through Blink. And not like wet the bed that night, then that then they then they <laughs> then that 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 counts. So that was the test, and they loved it. So they loved Blink. So it, so we were like, okay. But you know, once you watch, once you show them Blink, then it's really it's all downhill from there because that that is the best episode. So, um, you know. So yeah, that's 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 life here. All right. Well. Um, uh, I guess then we can uh, either we can either talk about um, the Brexit or we can talk about the news. <laughs> and now the news. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, well, Speech, why don't you tell us about what's going on in the world of comics right this very moment? At this very moment, somebody is complaining wholeheartedly. Yeah. Now, um, we've We've gotten some updates on the whole Captain America Hydra news, and apparently people feel like Marvel is backtracking. And I'm going to argue a little bit of semantics here. 
I mean, it was stated that it was not a clone. This was not an alternate universe cap, nor was this mind control. And we threw out a lot of possibilities of what could go on. But one that stuck strong was Kovic or Koibik, however it said. And um, that it was her misuse of her powers and manipulation during, um, what's it called, Pleasant Hill. Uh-huh. And that that somehow screwed up Cap. And apparently he has memories of, of him, but the memories are false. So people are saying it's backtracking. That's a form of mind control. And I'm like, mind control is when Professor X makes you scratch your ass and sing, you know, your ABCs in the middle of a bar mitzvah. That's mind control right there. So wait, are they are are people complaining because Mar- they say that Marvel is backtracking on the reasons that they gave that he was not Hydra or that he was Hydra? That he was Hydra, right? Okay, now. they're not backtracking. Okay, I miss I miss I misunderstood. I thought that they were back I thought people were saying, "Oh, like they, you know, Marvel's changed their tune because of the backlash, and they're yeah. gonna. Yeah, people oh. are saying okay, that. Okay, well, to that I say, you idiots! This this story was written months ago, and then it was drawn. So it this the, the you know, number two issue was <laughs> was written a long time ago, and when they released number one, they knew that number two was going to come out. They knew that that was what the story was going to be. So if you don't understand that that's how comic books work, then you need to, you need to stop. You just need to stop. <laughs> I mean, my whole thing is the same people that complained Cap was Hydra are now upset that he's not. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes no sense to me. And, but I need to stop trying to understand fanboy rage. Like I really do. Cause it, it, it still makes no sense. Even when, you know, Cap said, hell Hydra, you know, Everyone was up in arms. You know, he was created by two Jewish guys. This is an affront to Jewish people. Um, I have a lot of Jewish friends who read comics. Not one was offended. Well, well, and also, I mean, still, like that one issue didn't prove anything. It didn't. I, it didn't prove. It didn't prove that he was even Hydra. It just proved that he said "Hell Hydra." Like, oh. Uh, People are dumb. Like I just I I don't understand now to be mad that even if Marvel was backtracking, why are you upset? You're gonna get your your um your way You're at right. some point. And and we all know that even if Steve was a Hydra agent, that it wasn't gonna last forever. That's let dumb. the stories play out. Everyone is so into instant gratification. Like, do they want everything wrapped up in the first issue? I guess so. Good I, I just, I just can't. So I mean, well, but see, said, go ahead. Were you gonna say something, Dan? No. no. no? Oh. Okay. Um, what I was gonna say was, you know, it, I, I think it just all goes, it all goes back to the world. Everybody's mad at each other everywhere. Like we're everybody in the world is mad at each other, and and except in one very special place, and that place is Canada, where everybody is. <laughs> everybody's calm and everybody is uh is level headed and uh and so that that leads us into another piece of news that Dan uh just brought to our attention yeah uh I was just reading this, and uh it appears uh that 
Let's see. August 31st is Civil War II Choosing Sides number 5. Um, Chips Darsky is set to... Uh, I believe he's both writing and doing the art in this particular issue. And there's going to be a variant cover which features our Prime Minister, the Honorable Justin Trudeau. Um, so he's on the cover, sitting in a in the ring, uh, in with his boxing gear on, and uh, <laughs> apparently, according to Chip Zdarsky, um, he's actually going to be part of a story. So he says, uh, and I quote, "I didn't want this to just be like a walk-on, rescued by superheroes, and he thanks them, and that's the end of the story." So he says, I think a lot of these real-life appearances in comics tend to go that way, and I like the idea of him actually engaging them in an ethical debate. So that uh, seems a little interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. Five? I will. What's that? Issue 5, you said? Yeah. Issue 5, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's going to be on the variant cover, and he's going to be part of. Well, as we know, choosing sides is typically a, like an anthology issue that has three. Uh, I believe it's three stories in it. Um, so that's going to be one of the stories featuring our prime minister. Um, it's said in the article that I'm reading though that uh, there's no mention that if Trudeau is even uh, aware uh, of his appearance uh, or if it's approved <laughs> in any formal way. Uh, but uh, Chips Darsky views this as sort of Trudeau fan fiction, so uh, he uh, cautions people to not uh, exactly <laughs> take his words for Justin Trudeau's words. Uh, so, I don't know, it makes it interesting. I, I like seeing, uh, finally, that we're uh, getting a prime minister or a, a head of, you know, head of the nation um, that is making almost as many headlines on the U.S. side as your president is making on ours. So it's kind of fun to have a bit of a rock star uh, prime minister. Uh, I hope, so he, I hope I, he joins Alpha Flight. That would be great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Awesome. I should have mentioned that too. It's a, it's a, an Alpha Flight story uh, that's part of Choosing Sides number five. That's, yeah, but that's uh, no longer a Canadian team, though. What's that? They're no longer a Canadian team. They're well, not, um, no. Uh, they're a space agency, right? Uh, yeah, they basically they work like in, they they're work in tandem Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ran by Agent Brand, I believe. Yeah, I mean Puck is there, and I think he's is Puck the only member. No, uh, Sasquatch is too, right? Sasquatch, Sasquatch yeah, yeah. Oh, him. Okay. Well, but once, once, once Alpha Flight, always Alpha Flight. So that's right. You know, uh, and I, uh, this also. Um, this also just to uh, to uh, say that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau does support um, the arts for the most part. He did write a letter on behalf of uh, cartoonist Richard Comley, um, who is, uh, I believe, the writer creator of Captain Canuck. Um, so he's going to appear on the summer special, Chapter House Comics summer special uh, with Captain Canuck, which is out on July 1st, which is Canada Day, which is this week. Yay! Hooray! Hooray! Happy so na it. happy nationalism, everyone! All right, you may all rise and uh, remove your hats. <laughs> oh, Canada! No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna go through the whole thing. <laughs> I, I got a tear in my eye. But, um, well, cool. That's it. That's actually that's actually uh, it's nice to ha it's nice to have good news about comic books, you know? Right? Yeah. So that's good. Not not so, some writer is leaving, you know, 
their yeah. exclusive contract or some superhero change genders or what have you. <laughs> right. This is just a simple. Not that there's anything wrong you, with that. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just th- those situations are so dramatic in most cases, and this is just kind of fun and lighthearted, and it's just kind of nice to see. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Any well, other? Any other? Oh yeah, go ahead. There's, there's one more small piece, yes. and uh, I'm I'm personally excited about this, and it better be good. But um, it was announced that Robotech will be coming back to com- um, comics. Yay! Robotech will always have a special Huh? Is it IDW, I think? Yeah. (laughs) They're snatching up all the cartoon licenses, aren't they? It's like, taking them all. I I don't think there's (laughs) there's one they don't have, almost. But no, um, no, um, Robotech will actually be coming out of Titan. Oh. Yeah, so there... It wasn't stated if it was going to take place after um, Shadow Chronicles, which is, a, if I remember correctly, is the last film in the um, series. But, you know, just to have Robotech back on anything will be great. I'd rather another series. I would even go for a live-action series, but that would probably suck because we haven't done too well with anime over here in America transferring mm-hmm. it to live-action. So... I'll, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you guys in on a really on a little secret. I don't what? know. I don't know anything about Robotech. Not one. Uh, not one thing. I couldn't tell you what it's about. I couldn't tell you who the characters are. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Not one thing. All right. Let's, I didn't know what it was until I had ran home, and it came on in between Transformers and GI Joe. And before that, it was Thundercats, and they moved Thundercats to some some other time. And I'm expecting Lion-O to, ju- to jump out, and I see this intro. So I'm like, okay. And the intro has giant robots that tran- – well, giant robots that used to be playing, so they transform. So, you know, the kid, robots, giant, and you're fighting aliens. Hell yeah, I'm going to watch it. Hmm. <laughs> and it was one of the first serialized animated you know shows that I – like, it was a continuous story. And – you lost characters. Characters died. Like it's looking back now, there was some really adult content on there that probably wouldn't make it to like you know after school cartoon programming. Now, um, saw the first interracial cartoon couple was Roy Folker and Claudia Grant, and Claudia was cool as hell. And I got tired of seeing goofy ass black cartoon people on the cartoons I was watching. It was kind of like embarrassed that this cartoon from Japan pretty much got it right. Um, Roy dies. Oh, man, that was... When when Roy died, people came to school hurt. Brothers was like, that fucking kid. Did you see Roy, man? I thought he was going to make it. And like, oh. You got Rick Hunter. You got this in Friday. It was just... It was this really great story. And it also introduced me to the most annoying character like she will always be in my top ten most annoying characters, and her name is Lynn Min May. All right. There is not anyone I know who has watched Robotech and is a fan of Lynn Min May. Her music, yes, not the character. So annoying. But it goes from the <laughs> Macross saga, next generation, um, and the masters. I think I well, I know I have like all twenty DVDs, and I think I have two different versions. But yeah, Robotech, Jeff, if you ever get get all the right. time. Well there you go. Let's, yeah. Well, thanks for the you intro. Don't, you don't do a lot of anime, do you? 
I really don't. I mean, I'm, I'm not like, I, I'm not against it. Like I, I'm not, I just yeah. have never, I've always been attracted to other things in pop culture. So yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and dive into this week's picks. Up first is Spider-Man Geek's pick. What'd you pick? The Uncanny Avengers, number 10. Hey, oh, Ultron. Hank Pym's journey leads him to a dark discovery. Something wicked this way comes from outer space. Plus, the eagerly awaited return of Janet Van Dyne. Really? We were all on the edge of our seats waiting for, for Janet to come back. Uh, I don't mean to be but... mm. Yeah. Written by Jerry Duggan, art by Pepe Larraz. Yeah. Um, So I've been reading Uncanny Avengers. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Um, It's kind of a hit and miss, typically, uh, this title. It's been relaunched so many times at this point, like three times in two years. Um, So whatever. Uh, It's just a comic that, you know, I read periodically. And uh, this one, I was yeah, it was a bit of a guilty pleasure. It was fun. Uh, Pepe Larraz uh, did a magnificent job on the art overall. I was surprised because I don't know. There's there's been an influx of good artists on here. Uh, I usually like it when Stegman's on, but I haven't really been liking Stegman's stuff lately. Although he does provide a very awesome cover for this particular issue. Uh, so Pepe does a great job. It's you know your typical sort of superhero comic. Uh, it's very, you know, Marvel's uh, house style that we've talked about before. I find it this falls right in line with it. And uh, Bright Colors by David Curiel. Uh, yeah, very nicely done. Uh, beautiful book to look at. Now, what is fun about this is Ultron's back and nobody cares. Uh, there's all this <laughs> stuff that's going on. Right with Civil War and all this, this big, these big shenanigans with Captain America and you know there's as many Captain Americas as Spider Mans at this point. But uh, so all that stuff is going on in the larger Marvel universe. Yet you still have the Uncanny Avengers, which is um, the Avengers sort of mutant liaison, you know, publicity stunt kind of uh, unit, uh, which has the likes of uh, sometimes Johnny Storm and Deadpool and Cable. And uh, Rogue and some Inhumans, uh, Synapse, I believe. Um, so you got all these. Oh, Doctor Voodoo, he's the Doctor Strange of the team. Um, so you got all these, this ragtag band of mutants and superhumans, and uh, they're just getting into stuff that otherwise, uh, I guess, everybody else is too preoccupied with. Um, so Ultron decides to make his return here for some reason, uh, not in this particular issue, but I mean in this title. Um, is sort of flying under the radar because I assume that this isn't one of Marvel's most popular titles. Uh, but they bring him back in an interesting way. We think it's Hank that's back. This happened a couple of issues ago. Uh, we think it's Hank that's back. He's found a way to m- sort of merge with Ultron. Uh, he's using Ultron as kind of a symbiote sort of armor-like uh, thing, a bit kind of like Iron Man's extremist armor. Uh, so all is going well, but people people are still a bit doubtful. Uh, they think that Hank's changed, and uh, they're still mistrusting of the uh, Ultron armor. Um, so big spoiler, in this issue we find out that uh, Ultron is indeed back. I mean, it's on the cover, 
So, spoilers? <laughs> uh, <laughs> throughout the issue, uh, we see the return of Janet Van Dyne, which I didn't know. Like, okay, I knew she died. Uh, but they didn't make it seem like a big return in this issue. It's like everybody knew she was already around. So I don't know why this she's, is she's touting. Been, she's been back. Like, she's been back okay. in, in the world. But, like, this is kind of, her, gotcha. I guess, her return to this book or this team the or... avengers yeah the, right. the avengers and her return to having uh, some scenes with her ex-husband uh hank pym uh but she's basically sent out uh to kind of poke and prod and um interrogate in a bit of a subtle fashion um this hank pym uh, who they think is Hank Pym, uh, but we end up finding out with some questions that he asks. She asks him that uh, he's answered um, wrong, basically, uh, giving away his the illusion that it's still Hank Pym. Uh, it seems there's no Hank Pym left, and ta-da, we got Ultron! Yay! Uh, so action breaks out. I I found that the tension was was pretty high. The conversations between uh, Janet and Hank uh, were fun i mean it's not hank but uh you could kind of tell that she was playing him asking him the questions and him not answering right and i don't know the scenes just sort of worked so it it clicked with me even though i don't really you know i'm not a big follower of of um wasp and uh yellow jacket uh but yeah so shit hits the fan and that's when janet says you know this isn't hank uh, this is Ultron, definitely Ultron, so we need to get our shit together. And uh, Cable and uh, Human Torture uh, just chatting about some other stuff when all of a sudden um, Hank shows up there, and that's when they all find out that it's not Hank, it's Ultron. And dun, dun, dun. Uh, the last pages is what really got me, though, because there is a way to sort of... They have Ultron in their sights. They could end it at this point. Deadpool has got a gun point-blank range at the guy's head. Captain America is shouting to not shoot him. Janet is shouting for him to shoot him. And uh, the tension is just really high in those last pages. And then, the, you know, the last, the final page ends with a sort of blam kind of big spread. Uh, but we don't, it's off-screen, though. Uh, we see, you know, Deadpool's face. He obviously pulled the trigger, but it's off-screen. So, to be continued. Uh, of course, they show him... They show Ultron on the cover of the next issue, so spoilers. He might make. <laughs> he might make. He might pull through. He might pull through. So I mean, it's all it's all sort of superfluous, and you know that whatever. This isn't the end of that. I just thought it was a nice issue with a lot of tension, uh, some action. It was fun to read, and the art was pretty awesome. So, Jeff. Yeah, let's talk about Pepe Larraz. Um, uh, I, I guess he was doing some X-Men stuff. That's how I know him, I guess. At one point, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, well, dude has stepped up his game big time. Um, I, I have not been reading this this uh, series, but, um, but when you picked it, I was like, oh, and I started flipping through it and thought, ooh, like, this is nice. Um, so, um, so, you know, just jumping in kind of, I mean, you know, if you're a Marvel fan and, you're not reading this book. You can pick this up, and you'll you know you know who all the characters are um, if you're if you're a Marvel fan already. Um, I mean, it's just a it's a strange grouping of characters, I think, on this team. Um, but having like having like Cable and Human Torch have a conversation is is kind of interesting, you know. Like we just don't really see that very often, and um, 
And um, but this this issue felt really like a like an like an Avengers book to me, um, in the mm-hmm. sense that it had it balanced you know high octane action, but then also some some family nice drama. yeah some kind of family drama and some nice kind of quiet character building moments and that kind of thing. So um, to me, it was really a good balance of that. Um, I uh, I particularly love the way that he draws Cable. Um, I feel like nobody's really yeah. captured Cable really well recently. Like he's always like huge and really muscular, but like they, uh, Pepe does a good job of of kind of drawing him. Uh, you know, he's not huge and he's muscular, but he looks old and but not like old. Like he just looks like a grizzled kind of vet. So um, uh, so I I just thought that was really good. Um, the colors in the book I thought were 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 perfect for this for the tone of the book you know it's kind of there's kind of a darkness to the there it's very colorful but it's kind of rich darker hues and um and i thought that was that was really good so um so yeah i mean you know and and then that that nice little cliffhanger at the end you know i i kind of want to see who you know what you know what what deadpool shot and uh or who deadpool shot and uh I just think it's fun. So yeah, this is it was a good pick. Speech. Well, fingers crossed he shot the wasp. I hope so. Well, except for the fact <laughs> that, except for the fact that she's behind him, so Yeah, I know, I know. I, I'm just okay. It's hard enough to get me to read about Hank Pym. It really is. And when you throw in a wasp and I'm and I know they're like a package deal. You know, it's Batman and Robin, Cap and Bucky. Wasp and Ant Man. So I knew she'd show up at some at some point, and I read this occasionally because I'm liking the team dynamic, kind of like you said, Jeff. I mean, you don't get interactions between Cable and Human Torch often, and I think it was you see now that maybe these guys weren't just thrown together because Johnny has some legitimate questions about Reed and, and Sue. You know, um, he's, since Cable is a man who bops in and out of time and he's from the future Johnny wants to know you know is there you know are they around and Cable is like straight up with him I don't know there there's like no word and he tells Johnny though that's good news because you can still have hope you know and I thought that was just mm-hmm. a really great moment from um, Dugan there and I like how we're getting characters on this team that usually don't interact because let's face it if we always throw the same characters together on the same teams all the time we're just going to be bored and they're going to just be saying the same shit all the time. So this was good. The, like you said, Dan, the tension was great. And this is just a gorgeous looking title. And I love the fact how, you know, Janet was smart enough to, you know, lay in those little like landmines of conversation right there, you know, about the, the Ghostbusters thing and all that. And then the, um, the uh, cabin out in um, Montauk, which was funny because I'm like, you really don't want to try to get over because the person that's going to out you is the person that knows you the best. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was sitting there thinking like the audacity of Ultron is just like, yeah, I'm going to get over on the wife too. Well, the ex-wife, I'm like, no, I do have a, a question regarding cable. Does his tattoo speak? Yeah. It looked like, yeah, it. it's, it's like a little, uh, onboard AI type of deal. Um, okay, he's had okay. it since he reappeared in this title. Yeah. <laughs> I must not have been paying attention because, you know, she she looks up and whistles at him 
And then I love the, uh, you know, Janet Flood tank. And I was just cracking up. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's like getting a text message on your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the scene where, you know, um, again, the Human Torch cable part is like the best part. Um, aside from the highly detailed robotic arm that we get from cable. And just like you said, Jeff, he looks like a grizzled old vet. But as Deadpool's walking by, you know, um, Johnny's like, you know, I want to know something in, in, um important about the future Deadpool says you know what when half-life 3 drops and i just started cracking <laughs> up that's that's a question that pops into my into my mind every now and again i want that game out but um you know it was just it's just one of those really great moments and sometimes when deadpool is just used sparingly it's a lot better than when he's in every single panel cuz we get enough of that in the actual deadpool book we don't need it here but um i want to know why cap didn't want didn't want him shot. You know that's that's my full thing. Huh? Because he he wants Ultron for Hydra. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Cap <laughs> wants Ultron. Yeah, you know that could get. I'm like hell. If if the ex-wife is saying shoot, just shoot him. Shoot him. <laughs> I mean, you see the guy's face melt off and reveal like the Ultron face. He like throws up oil and gears and stuff. I'm like, do you honestly think Hank Pym is still in there? Or maybe he wants some so they can question him later. I don't know. But great um, looking it issue. It was tense. And I want to know, like, I really want to know what Deadpool shot because he was point blank Mr. range. Burns. He couldn't have missed. Right. Yeah, so we can go ahead and rate it. All right. Um, I'll give Uncanny Avengers number 10 um, eight. I'll give it an 8.5. Nice. I'll give it an 8 as well. All right. Very good. Very good pick. All right. Um, <clears throat> moving on to my pick. I picked The Mighty Thor number 8. Lords of Midgard starts now. Corporate, corporate espionage Marvel style. Some of the world's most powerful and evil corporations are going to war over turf. With Thor caught in the middle. That's if Jane Foster can first escape from the clutches of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> Written by Jason Aaron and art by Russell Dowderman. Um, so, so we're you know back to back to good Thor now. Um, you know, we, so far this 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 iteration of Jason Aaron's Thor has not quite grabbed me. Even though, um, I mean, I'm, I'm I love Russell Dowderman. I think he's one of the best artists working right now. Um, but this was just this was a really fun first. It's a great jumping on point, I think. If anybody is is, is mm-hmm. wanting to try uh, Thor or you know the female Thor, um, and uh, because it kind of gives you a great little introduction to kind of what what makes her you know what what kind of makes up her week, and uh, she's you know going around and doing all this stuff, and and uh, and then we find out you know it, that you know she is Jane Foster and she is dealing with cancer and um uh so it's a it's just a great immediately you're kind of thrust into who the character is what her motivations are and that kind of thing so i thought that was that was really well done and even for folks who know the gist and uh you know and and you know have been reading this for a while it's it's uh it's just it was just a good kind of refresher i felt i felt like um but the real issue the real reason i i wanted to pick this was uh, well, and besides Russell Downeman's art, which is incredible, um, is I love 
when uh, supervillains get into a room together. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love, I love, it, it kind of goes back to, like, I love the old um, Acts of Vengeance kind of thing. I love, um, I love uh, the, the Cabal, you know, during Bendis' uh, run and, and all that kind of stuff. I love, I love when all the villains get together and plot things together. Like, it just, you know, it's awesome. So, um, so in this, uh, in, in this one, we've, we, we've got kind of the, all of the villains who are now kind of, you know, running all of the major corporations in the Marvel Universe are now all getting together. And it just so happens that all of them, you know, all the major companies are, are run by supervillains. Um, uh, so we've got uh, Tiberius Stone from, uh, from the, the Spider-Man books who runs uh, Alchemax and Sebastian Shaw. And Darren Cross, and if you've been reading Ant Man, you you know why. Although I didn't quite understand why he was shrunk, I I thought that in the regular Ant Man book he's normal size. So I don't know if he just can do that, and that's what he wants to do. I don't know. Um, no, and, doesn't he still have Cassie's heart or something? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so I guess he can change at will or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, Ezekiel Stain, and then you've got uh, Shingen Harada. Uh, from um, what what I really like is that Jason Aaron brings back some of the characters that he used uh, in previous um, in, in in previous books that he's written. So so Harada and then Wilhelmina Kensington um, mm-hmm. are both from his run on Wolverine and the X Men, um, and uh, and then you've got Kingpin and then somebody from the Shire Empire. And of course, Dario, uh, Dario uh, Agar, who is the who's been one of kind of the one of the main villains in uh, in in this book so far. And so um, I just loved I loved them all gathering. I loved their I love the interactions between all of them. Um, I love that Wilhelmina is still uh, you know carrying around a dead cat. Um, I, I think that's awesome. And um, and um, and I and I really I really love I love Dario Agar. I think he's he's a great villain and um and so I just I've I've just really really enjoyed um all this. And then um um and then you know you kind of got a little bit of a side story where where Jane is being kind of brought into Shield and and trying to uh uh they're trying to 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 figure out the identity of of Thor which you know there's some light playfulness there about that which i thought was fun and some funny moments in, in that too so um so um oh last but not least this also kind of uh it reintroduces another one of jason aaron's p- uh, people from the original sin uh miniseries and that is uh oubliette midas um uh, who get who shows up at the end so i just liked how it was kind of a it was kind of a combination of all of kind of jason aaron's puzzle pieces from the marvel universe kind of all converging here and uh, I'm excited to see where where this goes. And then Russell Downerman is just amazing. So go for it, speech. Alrighty. Um, I will echo the supervillains in the room. I that was the highlight of this entire issue for me was when all of them were, were in the room. And uh, I forgot that Kingpin is a major player again. I guess so. You know that was. Um, I, will say that he looked weird i know he's like a really huge guy he's really big but there was just something about the way Downerman drew him in this one he looked like off like his head was way way too small like his body was... juice 
exactly. He had he had his head shrunk in the waiting room at Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as I looked at Sebastian Shaw now, I just was like, why is he still dressing like an extra from Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> why? That's his it thing. is 2016. I know the Hellfire Club and has their thing, and it's 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 time Marvel kind of updates them. I mean, they can still be. I mean, did did he think we wouldn't recognize him? I mean, you had the big bold, you know, <laughs> oh, must he still be looking like after the meeting he has to go meet up with Lin Manuel so they can go over the song <laughs> for him? It was just I was like, <laughs> but it was um it was just a really great moment in the book. I didn't too much care for anything else that happened, um, mainly because the whole shield thing coming after her. I'm like, okay, you see, she's sick as hell. And I, I I did love the part when they're threatening her. She said, you jackasses, I'm dying of cancer. What can you possibly do to scare me? And that, but, you know, as great as that part was, it also kind of nullified everything else that was happening because I'm, I'm like, yeah, she's right. So why are we even doing this? You know, what's the point? You know, and they're going to go off and do their little team up thing, which is fine. But if. When we left the super um, villains out of the room, I was just I was bored with the story. So, yep, Hamilton, right. Sebastian Shaw, <laughs> and I thought Harada died. I thought he was killed in. Um, uh, Come on, was it around the Marvel time? Universe? It's a flesh wound. Yeah. Yeah. What am I thinking? <laughs> what am I thinking? Oh God, yeah, right. So even if he was killed, he came back because Secret Wars, probably. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, like like you said, Jeff, I think this is a great jumping on point if you're not reading Mighty Thor. Uh, just those first three pages of basically a week in the life of Lady Thor uh, really brings you up to speed and, uh, and uh, makes her instantly, you know, not relatable, but you, you, you get you, you get it, you know, uh, fairly quickly. Uh, with those first three pages, so I thought that was that was pretty awesome. So it's a great uh, jumping on issue for that. Uh, you meet these sh- uh, sh- shield clowns uh, <laughs> that are, you know, it's futilely sort of um, uh, threatening her uh, to try and find out the identity identity of the new Thor. Uh, you don't quite know whether or not they might think that she is. By the end of the book, they're sort of piecing two and two together, but it still looks like it would sound like a ludicrous theory to, to anyone. So I don't know how far they're going to get with uh, any evidence on that. But yeah, this what makes this issue really is the meeting of the, the supervillains, the rich supervillains. Um, it, it is always great when you see them plotting and scheming and not completely trusting each other it always makes for this fun fun dynamic that that has a lot of uh you know uh it, it gives us a lot of great scenes and moments um so i thought this was one of them even though everybody just gets a little bit of dialogue i think the dialogue was was pretty brilliant uh i love how calm kingpin typically is um until he loses his temper uh which doesn't really happen in here but uh just just the way everybody's acting in the scene except for uh the Shyar lady who um we have no idea why she's there she mentions something about oh by the way and i take care of you know the rest of the galaxy 
Uh, you, 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 five <laughs> other people or whatever are, you know, you're playing chess with uh, everybody on Earth, but I got the rest of the galaxy, so I'm cool. <laughs> but other than that, uh, I mean, it was a hell of a whole lot of fun. We get to see these guys um, uh, do a lot of uh, posturing, I guess it is. Uh, they're so cool around each other, even though they're all killers and maniacs. Uh, they're just kind of talking around a chair, uh, around a, a round table, uh, essentially. So it's it's just one of those fun things and Jason Aaron just pulled it off brilliantly so it was a great read, it was a good introductory issue for anyone uh, the art was uh, extremely solid um, and you get to see all the main characters and Thor sort of coming down um, Does he? yeah, okay, she does appear so she appears at the end of the issue to face these guys I guess, so great cliffhanger there, I want to know what happens in issue 9 for sure uh, because it seems like Thor could beat the crap out of all of them, but we'll see. <laughs> right. Absolutely. All right. Um, I do have to also say that um, you know it takes a certain amount of talent to actually punch the word crack into the table. <laughs> like, not just to let it crack, but to actually punch it so that the word crack appears on the table. That's That's pretty good. That's the you're, you're really you're really pissed off when when you can do that. So, <laughs> all right, uh, well, I will give the Mighty Thor number eight. I'll give it an eight. I'll give it a five and a half. Wow. Um, I'll give it a seven and a half. All right. Well, moving on to speeches. Pick. What'd you pick? Nighthawk number two. Nighthawk number two with the bodies. Eight. Piling up, Nighthawk hunts the psycho killer, stalking the streets, leading to an unlikely alliance. Meanwhile, the racial tension that grips the city is about to explode, leading Nighthawk to make a difficult decision. Save the city or watch it burn. Written by David Walker and art by Ramon Villalobos. Colors by Tamara Bonvillain. Yeah, that's not in this list. They don't care about them. You know, and and what's funny is just a while back, Marvel made this huge thing about crediting their colorist, but we've in the yeah, last few previews world, huh? Yeah, so we got our solicit oh. from Previews World, so ah, well, still go. they have ah. from Marvel. They get them from Marvel. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Yes. All right, so Nighthawk number two. I was able to slip this one in because I didn't pick the first one. So because um, I wanted to pick this one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't it, want to influence no. you, so. <laughs> well, this one worked out good. It was um, it was very striking to me, first of all, because I read um, I read Walker's Power Man and Iron Fist earlier before I read this one, and this is a much much different title than Power Man and Iron Fist. It's a lot darker, a lot more ser- um serious, and. It's slowly becoming one of my favorite new series here, and I've never been like a really huge fan of Nighthawk. Um, so I mean, we start off with like a flashback. Pretty much, Walker is pulling is pulling from current events. Um, we've got a lot of uh, police brutality going um, going on, and Nighthawk swoops in and administers some swift, brutal justice to these cops, and then um, you know makes a makes a declaration that he tells them that I'm watching both the cops and the criminals, you know, and I'm going to get the job done. And then fast forward to now, 
there's this guy getting off on um, another police brutality charge, and um, we come to find out that the revelator, yeah, I think I'm saying that right, who is the, uh, the serial killer, there's a connection being brought in this issue here to where the victims of his murders aren't very nice people to people of color or they're just really dirty underhanded people and it also links back to there's another thread that links back to the first issue and it's just this is one non-marvel non-marvel title like if you didn't have the marvel logo on it you probably wouldn't think this was a marvel um, issue and that's one thing i really like about it it has a much different flavor from anything else that marvel has right now and i think that's one of the strengths of this title and i really hope walker isn't interfered with much and he's able to continue this kind of story um otherwise i'm still liking the, the art i love the um the little owls that they have like um sent out um well, the owls, because I every time I see them, I get the I get the boobo feeling from um, Clash of the, Ti- of the Titans. Every time <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> they do look like those, yeah. <laughs> I do, but um, you know, and I guess they well, Walker also reveals here that Nighthawk and um, the cop here have a bit of a, a past. He saved his life, <laughs> and the cop is like, "Look, maybe more cops will like you if you save more of their of their lives." And he's like, "He's really being serious about it." But he, I mean, he knows he can't do it. You know, that that was probably one of the lighter moments in here, aside from Nighthawk and um, oh, I forgot, I forgot her name. Huh? Tilda. Tilda. Yeah, yeah, Til, um, Tilda. And I love how you know she she's working at the nest, his base of operations, and she's trying. You know, she's balancing a little bit of sarcasm and snark trying to hold conversations with, with this guy while, while he's out in, in the field. And he's not too talkative with her when he's out there. You know, he says what he has to, to do, and then she just runs her mouth. But, you know, I like his, his approach. I like this character here. And I'm kind of interested now in going back to see, you know, what this guy was all about. Because this is a Nighthawk from a different universe, right, that ended up here because of Secret Wars? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Oh God, it's going to get confusing. Um, I did laugh at the cell phone until it was revealed that it was a burner. Yeah, I was like, okay, because that's why this thing looks like it came out of nine. I was like, what the hell? But um, yeah, great issue. A nice bit of social commentary without being preachy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Walker just hits the fine points of what's going on now and gives you plenty of kick-ass superhero action and with some strong artwork, so you're up. All right, yeah, I mean, how uh, perfect is this? I mean, they they do tackle the issue of um, of uh, well, it's, uh, racism to a certain degree, and 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 violence against uh, people of color. So it, it's, it's sort of that it does have a pretty serious uh, undertone or theme to it, and um, what doesn't bring it home but what what is really nice to see is to see on an issue like this having Dennis Cowan do that cover um I think was brilliant and his cover is brilliant what's that you broke up oh no I said that cover was nice yeah yeah it was it was pretty nice it's kind of an intense cover um so yeah I mean this as speech said this does not feel like a Marvel book and it doesn't feel like a necessarily a max title either it just feels like something that marvel doesn't have right now 
And uh, yeah, it's great. It's a it's a mature read, uh, but it's it's a fun read. I think Na- Nighthawk kind of stands out as his own character. Um, a lot of people would view him a bit of a as a slight Batman ripoff, but different. He's um, he's scarier than Batman, in my opinion. Uh, he's brutal, unforgiving, uh, but also like just just the dialogue. You you you're reading through. Uh, I mean, you know, halfway through the second issue here, so you might not know a lot about Nighthawk as uh, I didn't. And uh, but you get you get a sense of of how he operates and who he is by by the dialogue that Walker is giving him. And I just thought the thank you. There's a part where he thanks Tilda right after this long conversation was just yeah. like the perfect spot to just put that um, really humanizes the character for some reason because he's he's almost surreal in how serious he is about you know cracking heads and stuff. And uh, he he ignores a lot of what she says if it's if it's just being sarcastic or something like that. And then just this well placed sort of thank you to her. Um, I don't know it, for some reason it just it just it just stood out at me. Uh, so I thought it was it was brilliant. And all the dialogue is pretty good. And we're starting to see more of a supporting cast here uh, into the second issue and a lot of what is making Nighthawk tick. So. Overall, a continuation of the first issue. You get uh, great art. Uh, again, great because it's different from uh, from the typical Marvel stuff. We talked a little bit about the art and uh, some of, uh, I think, Jeff, you've seen his works in something else. But it seems yeah. fitting here, uh, except for that one panel where I don't know what he's doing to the guy. Dancing a jig on his back, I guess that's what it looks like. But uh, that could have been huh? slightly modified. <laughs> Those kickers, though, man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would hate to get a so yeah, it's a, exactly. So it's a great issue. We got the the revelator. Uh, we got some scenes with the Re- revelator near the end. That's uh, going to have you wanting to see where this is going. Again, is he is he a cop? Is he pretending to be a cop? Um, yeah, super interesting. Lots of good stuff in here. It's a very very solid book. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with both of you. Um, I think what's what's great about this is just the that they have given David Walker. It seems like they've given David Walker carte blanche to really write a a really thoughtful story. I, I it seems like uh, we haven't really seen this this like where Marvel kind of tackles like real issues. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like you know they 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 kind of do it parabolically, like. Civil War Two, or you know, Civil War, and and, and is kind of a, a nice, size. yeah. It's kind of a, it's a not, it's. It, I mean, it kind of reflects kind of what's going on in the culture in terms of division and all that kind of stuff. But, but like actually tackling tackling real issues. Um, and I, I feel like they used to do this back in the eighties a lot. Like there was a lot of darker, more realistic kind of things back in the eighties. But I just feel like I haven't really seen anything like this. And I was really, uh, I was really appreciative of the honesty and kind of the gutsiness that that they have in kind of tackling this 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 issue. That um, and I like that Nighthawk is saying, "Look, I'm not here to beat up on bad guys only, and I'm not here to beat up on cops only. I'm here to beat up on bad people, and they fall in both <laughs> categories." And um, I uh, I just really I really appreciated uh, I just really appreciate that that kind of take. Um, that the, that there's a lot more gray in the world than there is, uh, you know, black or white, and and so it 
you know, I, I have a feeling that there will be some people who will read this and will probably think that it's more anti-cop, but I don't think that's the point. I, I, I think, you know, it's, I don't think it is. I think it's, I think it's anti-police brutality and, and, you know, and that's what we all need to be in my opinion. But, um, mm-hmm. so I, I just thought it was, it was done really well. And uh, the story's really interesting, and and I'm um, I was on the fence about the first issue, but I'm I'm all on board with with Nighthawk and to see where this is going because, um, and I love the fact that it doesn't have any, it's just its own little corner of the Marvel universe. Like we're you know we don't have any other guest stars or anything like that. So it this this is great. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. And and um, uh, Villa Lobos's art, I think it continues. It just it's it's. Um, it's just a good fit for this kind of story. So, um, so I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. So let's rate it. All right. I give Nighthawk number two a nine. Same. I'll give it a nine. I'll give it an eight. All right. So let's move on to the backup picks. Backup picks. I have one at least. Um, <laughs> Aquaman, number one. This was almost my pick. Wow. <laughs> I picked Aquaman. Wow. It is, wow. Hold on. Yeah, Hold no, on. tell me about it. I think you should have picked it. You want to soak it in? You want to soak it in? All right. Oh, Actually, I just realized I hadn't even looked at the credits of this. Uh, it's written by Dan Abnett. Ah, <laughs> it all makes sense now. It all makes sense now. Art by <laughs> Walker. I don't know which Walker. Texas Ranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because DC is really weird on their credits. I don't know where the credit page is. <laughs> there it is. Pencers and uh, Brad Walker. Uh, so Brad Walker handled the pencils, and, and uh, Gabe Eltab, uh was the colorist on this. And I mentioned the colors because this was just a good-looking book to me. It it looked a bit like a Marvel book. Uh, but no, there's <laughs> a lot of like these close-up shots of the faces that look amazing to me. They just it just really. Uh, a bit Joe Quesada-ish uh, in some in some scenes that uh, that kind of stuck out at me. Um, yeah, so it's just a good-looking book. It's an, inter- an interesting premise where uh, Arthur Curie, uh, Aquaman, is with Mara, and uh, they're building this. I forget the name of it, uh, but it's sort of this uh, place that uh, the land walkers or whatever they call them the people on land and the atlanteans they don't call them really atlanteans but uh the people from atlantis can have a place to meet uh for in the interest of diplomacy right it's the land lovers um, so they, and the non-land lovers yeah that's it like yeah um so so this is like the grand opening of this thing so there's a big sort of gala event going on and i mean it's a pretty simple sort of setup where we uh, we see a reporter from the Daily Planet. I almost said the Bugle. Uh, Daily Planet is there, and it turns out he's not a reporter at all. And that turns into a, uh, a supervillain, uh, one of the super DC supervillains I hate the most because that costume is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but still, <laughs> it's one of those fun superhero comics. And uh, just to spoil it, it's Black Manta, uh, which is fitting uh, for a first issue relaunch thing i think it was just solid it was kind of fun it was a very superhero book and uh the art was awesome so uh that is my main backup uh what else did i read web warriors continues to be fun 
I still uh, I still love um, David Baldian uh, on this book. It's very fitting. Uh, it was just a fun issue that had giant robots and pig spiders and you know what, what you come to expect from Web Warriors. Yeah, Spider Ham and Spider Ham twenty ninety nine, and <laughs> so it, it was just a lot of fun. Um, other than that, uh, what else did I read? What else did I? Read? I read that? No, no, no. I'm just I got some stay away froms after that. So, all right. Uh, I will say my backup. I only have one backup pick this week, and that would be Doctor Strange number nine. Um, Last Days of Magic continues, and um, I like uh, how they 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 pulled in Jason Aaron um, and Chris Bocciolo, uh They pull in people who have ex- kind of experienced a little bit of mag- magic. But they're not like full on sorcerers. Like I like that. Like I like that they're kind of pulling in kind of this little bit of these little backup character people, um, and uh, and put, and kind of pitting them in the war against the Empirical. Um, and uh, um, just you know, it can, this continues just to be fun. And then you've got this thing that's been locked in Doctor Strange's basement for all these years, and and it's attacking, and um, that that was cool. And it's all you know drawn by Chris Bocciolo, which is all so very, very, very pretty. So, um, so yeah, that's my only, that's my only backup. All right. <clears throat> all right. My first backup pick is Captain America, Sam Wilson, number 10. It's the uh, funeral issue. And it's the issue I know was coming. And the reason it's my backup pick is because I have to admit, I think I hate bought th- this issue. Because I knew what was coming because Rhodes died. I figured, okay, we're going to throw every black character that, that they can into this. And <laughs> we're going to get some ham-fisted ass story. And Spencer actually just freaking impressed me with the whole thing. And the best part was, I mean, you get the main you know, character show, Nick Fury Jr.'s. Um, inclusion is actually explained because you know he even says you know I'm the new guy, but I guess this is something this is something set up from by Luke Cage that that if any of them fall, they meet they it's a you know a show of solidarity and everything for the com- the community and not just the superhero community but for the people that they represent from their various ne- um, neighborhoods. So they have the funeral in Philly, um, you know it's pretty dope and it's just a great story. Misty Knight hands down, gets character of the week for the best speech, period. She is like the shining light in this series so far. Um, I'll also go with Bitch Planet number eight. Uh, choosing si- um, Civil War Two, Choosing Sides number one, mainly for Brandon Easton's Night Thrasher story. Um, there are some really cool upgrades to that skateboard, and he keeps trying to tell um, Tony... It's not just a skateboard, but he, apparently he joined in during that fight that we saw in Civil War II, number one. So that, that's where it takes um, place. Uh, the, the, the Detective Comics 935, I pretty much bought it for Cassie Kane, but um, it's a pretty nice um, series with Batman's team, and I didn't get a lot of Batman in it. It was um, more of the team and their development. Uh, I liked Flash, number one. And I actually picked it up because of you guys, because the artist is the same one who did um, the X-Factor series. The recent one. Oh yeah, G G N Domenico or whatever. Yeah, yep. Oh. And aside from yet again, it's a number one, and I already know Barry's origin. Even if you just hint at it for one page, I roll my eyes now. Um, it was still a pretty good issue. Um, Power Rangers number four. 
Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, number eight. Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, five. I also liked um, The Ultimate, number eight, which fills in gaps uh, between Civil War two, Rhodey's death, and it actually talks about how the team was actually formed. And then that last page with Thanos in it, just he just looks creepy as hell. And I think he's going to just make his body count just a little bit higher. So, yeah, those are my echo picks. Hmm. All right. Time for stay away froms. Uh-oh. Boy, do I have a lot of stay away froms. <laughs> uh, Deadpool versus Gambit what, number one. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Pardon my language. Is that is that a thing? I have never seen characters act so out of character in the first like five pages of this book, and the art is off-putting. Uh, why is Spider-Man wearing a suit, and why is he staring at some artifact? It just makes no sense. And Daredevil shows up out of nowhere and says, "Spider-Man, I am mad at you." What? It's just the dumbest. Um, so I, I could barely make it. I don't know why that, how that even ended up on the shelf uh, and not the cutting room floor. That's horrible. Uh, Carnage number nine. I'm not sure where they're going with these Carnage titles. Uh, it seems really weird. It's like they're trying to figure figure out what to do with Carnage. Uh, you can't develop a character like Cletus Cassidy. You, re- you really can't. And this has him chasing for some the dark hold or something and he's looking for i don't know how to be able to control it i you putting carnage into some mystical shit now and it just makes no sense to me uh they sh- they should really tr- he's carnage is two-dimensional man just he's just a villain just use him as a villain don't give him his own title yeah. it's horrible um action man number one i i think this is from a line of toys or an old series called action man i'm not sure but uh it wasn't really that good it was kind of like tongue-in-cheekish and sort of generic uh i mean he's called action man right so he's sort of like a james bond sort of last action hero kind of it just it just felt so generic to me and it wasn't it wasn't all that much fun um she wolf uh from Image uh, by Rick Tommaso. Uh, wow, that style of art is definitely not for everyone. A very indie-looking book. Uh, that's a, It's a werewolf story, naturally, and uh, it's pretty predictable, and I just... The art just turned me wa- right off, and the story, again, another generic werewolf story, to me, anyways, it felt, it felt like. So, uh, it might appeal to some people, but definitely not to me. Um, lastly... Yeah, lastly, Star Wars The Force Awakens adaptation comic book. I don't know why they ever did this or why in this day and age we still do this. Comic book adaptations of movies. Like, I've I've seen Star Wars Force Awakens like three times now. And I read through this and like, why is this just the drawings? It's just drawings of the scenes we saw from the movie. Uh, this is the same reason why I always complain that people complain that the movies, superhero movies aren't enough like the comics. Well, if it was a straight translation, it would be crap because you've already read all that stuff. So whatever, right? So the same is true in this, in the, uh, you know, when you flip it and uh, adaptation comics are just a cash grab to me. So I well, don't, I back, don't want the back, show. back in the day. They used to give the writers and artists, they would give them the script, but it would be, it would usually come out either before the, the same movie time or at the same time. Yeah. And this, so this like, yeah, it's too late. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 
it's it's a you know almost a you know it's you know seven six seven months later and not only that but like it's not even a it's not an I mean it's not really an adaptation it's really just the panel by panel shot of what we've already seen so mm-hmm. why why do that well wow. all right um, for me uh, I'll say Civil War two cho- uh, choosing sides number one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, none of these stories really grabbed me. I mean, I did like, I liked the story of the Night Thrasher story. I did not really like the art so much. Um, and I still want to know, like, I thought Dwayne Taylor was dead. Like, you know, is it just, you know? Hey, what he... did you tell me when I thought Rodden was dead? Yeah, okay. I guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But, um, uh, but yeah, the, you know, and then the other stories really didn't grab me either. I mean, they, they weren't bad, really. They just... I just didn't really care. Um, and then uh, I have to say Web Warriors number eight. Uh, I just, I, like, I cannot, I cannot get through an issue of this. I mean, it looks really nice uh, with the Baldian art, but I cannot get through an issue just because I, I can't, the dialogue is just, I, I'm not, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's really smart. I don't think it's. Um, I don't really like the plot and, you know, I'm tired of more, I'm tired of a million electros showing up every couple issues. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I'm not really, I think I'm done with, with web warriors. So, um, and I just don't care about, uh, uh, spider, uh, Spidey 2099 pig guy. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't care about that. So, so yeah, those, those are, that's it for me. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right, my first stay away from will be da, 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 where's that cyborg number twelve. Um, was, yeah, yeah, and I love the Marv Wolfman cyborg. You know, that's the guy that created him, gave us a lot of good stories. But this one was just—it just seemed so dated and predictable. Look, look at that cover. That's a John Boy cover. That's a John Boy cover. Yeah, I mean that is. If if that cover doesn't get you to buy the the issue, I don't know what will. Because that is a real dope cover, but the story inside is like, eh. So, um, I will also echo you on Deadpool versus Gambit. I didn't even make it through the entire it, um, issue. <laughs> I pretty I, I closed it up, put it down, and went on to watch Dishes. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I just can't with that. I was like, no. I thought it was going to be fun and like, you know, a nice little team up, and it was horrible. Um, Transformers, more than MCI, no, number 54. The story is still solid. The art, it seems like m- when there's more than two Transformers in the panel and they're fighting or whatnot, all of a sudden you don't know what the hell is going on. Though I still find it weird that Me- uh, Megatron is an Autobot now. It's just. It just, I'm just like, ah. Wait, Megatron is an Autobot? Yeah. He's yeah. Not even, or is it just a deception? He's, <laughs> it could be. He's not an auto, Autobot. He's, he's not an auto. <laughs> he's a gun, right? Or is yeah, he a tank now? No, 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 no. He's, he's a gun. It's, it's, it's the G1 d- design, even with the little swirlies on his chest that used to be there. So, um, yeah, he's, he's an Autobot now. There's this long, drawn out story um, of it but it's it's pretty it's pretty good i love the fact he actually has a little bit more character depth now but still he's an an autobot it's like uh, but there's been a lot of changes in the world of transformers um i will also say that uh what was it 
Justice League number 52. I should have quit while I was ahead and stopped with this. <laughs> when Dark Side War ended, I really should have stopped. Now Lex wants to be Superman because Superman is dead and he just bought the Daily um, Daily Planet and now he has Superman's cape. He's flying around in this very cool suit and he talks about how he could have stayed a king on Apocalypse. I'm like, well, shit, then you should have stayed. But it was <laughs> it was not an issue for Infinite Speech. So yeah, those are my stay away films. Well, all right. Wow. Well, guys, that wraps up 250 episodes of Tales from the Water Cooler. Um, we want to thank everybody for listening to our illustrious little show here, and thank y'all for supporting us. We also want to thank all the ways that you all listen uh, through great uh, outlets like TMB Cafe, Underground Video Network, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and of course, ComicAttack.net, where you can find all kinds of wonderful stuff like Chirps, reviews, news, mo- uh, movies, manga reviews, um, all kinds of columns and great stuff on there. Um, and product reviews from SuperheroStuff.com. Uh, lots of great stuff on there. So um, so uh, I guess that's it, right? Uh, happy Canada Day and happy 4th of July. Absolutely. Happy nationalism. <laughs> all of our countries are awesome. Go Patriots. Go, go countries. Go all the countries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm such a Actually, bat. tomorrow, uh, which is Wednesday for us, uh, your president is visiting uh, Canada. Well, the North American Leader Summit uh, here in Ottawa. Tell him yeah, we said hello. Yeah, I will. When I, uh, yeah, when I see him, um, I'm having breakfast with the president of Mexico nice. um, tomorrow. And uh, when I see Obama, I'll let him know for sure. Awesome. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, everybody have a great week. Have a great uh, holiday weekend and stay thirsty.